This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider. We're a few days into the fourth quarter of 2019, but in order to look forward, we have to look back. And so we're going to look back at the third quarter of 2019 with Chris Freund, who's the co-head of SA Equity and Multi-Asset at Investec Asset Management in Cape Town. I looked at the numbers, Chris, just yesterday. And I looked back and I saw the Dow Jones was up 1.2% and the S&P was this and the NASDAQ was flat and South Africa did badly apart from gold shares. And I thought to myself, actually, given all the noise, especially as a broadcaster, I'm one of the noisy ones, nothing really happened in the third quarter outside of South Africa. Yeah, that's that's correct. Although you, you're choosing from one point to another point, you're not looking at everything in between. There was quite a lot of volatility between those two points. As the world markets sort of fluctuated between anxiety about the next recession, which appears to be the most well-signposted recession in history, hmm. or not. And as the data changed and as the sort of trade war sort of was on again, off again, that had quite a lot of sort of intra-month or, or uh, volatility. So, yeah, on balance, it went from X to Y and didn't, didn't change very much, but a whole lot happened in between. The thing that is really interesting as well is that notwithstanding all the incredible bad news about trade wars and about Brexit, the U.S. market up until a couple of days ago was within a few percent of all-time highs. So it's frustrating the hell out of all the bears out there that this thing just won't fall. Yes, you're quite right. It, it won't fall. It's, it's threatened to fall a few times. But maybe what has happened in the first couple of days of the fourth quarter of 2019 sends a message out there. Or is this just one of those other false starts for the bears, do you think? Yeah, so what's really spooking the market at the moment is, is the fact that the, the manufacturing sector around the world, which has been very weak, just got some really ugly numbers, especially out of the U.S., which they, they call it this a PMI, the Purchasing Managing Index, was was eye-wateringly weak and unexpectedly. So, so the manufacturing sector, depending which economy in the world, but is is a relatively small part of the economy between sort of anywhere between twenty uh, fifteen to sort of twenty five percent. So there's a whole lot of developed world economies the services side, which is holding up okay. So we're all wondering, will this weakness that we're seeing in the manufacturing sector, which has been exacerbated in the first couple of days of, of the data we got recently, spill over to the to the broader services side and therefore create a sort of a recession, uh, cause a recession? Or will we just sort of bumble along with sort of slower growth, lower growth, but still growth? In which case, equity markets don't need to fall in a complete heap. Um, we'll just sort of continue to give substandard returns with sort of volatility. That's the sort of that's the big question markets are wrestling with right now. Well, the big question mark to me is that why is it taking so long? That's the first one. The second one is not a question, but a statement of fact that we are in the longest economic expansion in modern history. Uh, we've been ten and a half years since the S and P 
and the world economy bottomed, I think it was in March 2009. And so cyclically, we have to come back a little bit. And these first shots across the bows are maybe (laughs) a precursor to something a little bit more dramatic. Or again, are they going to be full stars? This must be so pleasing for you. I'm not a bear. A long-term bear. (laughs) No, you are a I'm a broadcaster. I'm not a bear, Chris. Come on now. And you're Ursus Major. And uh, the fact that it's finally showing some goddamn weakness must be incredibly uh, <laughs> pleasing. But but listen, a few things. Okay, so first of all, yes, it's been the longest upturn since 2009. Okay, but it has also been the weakest upturn on record. If you look at the strength of the bounce post previous recessions, this is the weakest on record. Second point is that we don't have to have a recession just because you've had a long tepid upswing. Uh, Australia are in their sort of 25th year uh, without a recession as a developed market. So, you know, you can hold your breath for a long time here. I just don't think, uh, the third point, I guess, is that recessions just don't die of old age. They, they die of, of excesses, which cause normally central bankers to take us out to the woodshed for a spanking by putting up rates too far and too fast, or property markets and credit markets get out of whack like the 2008 example we saw where eventually just the credit markets seize up after a period of ultra easing easy behavior and so there are no obvious bubbles out there of overvaluation except for developed market bonds where we've got all those negative yields out there you know buying a yes. german bond at minus 0.6 percent return per annum for the next 10 years there's something that's odd there's no doubt about it but there's no obvious reason why the global economies have to fall over unless it's self-induced unless there's like these trade wars just get incredibly ugly which, lest we forget, are nearly two years old now. I mean, when we talk about the trade wars, we're talking about the China versus the US, or rather the other way around, the US versus China trade wars, and now threats of the US versus the Eurozone trade wars are somewhat. So we can dismiss these trade wars, but the ISM number that we've seen this week, the Institute of Supply Management number, which is the equivalent mm. of the PMI, came out, mm. and it was a shocking number. And it's not to do with just to do with cyclicality. I don't think... I also think it's very much to do with the trade wars that you've just referenced. No, look, I agree. I agree. I agree with all of that statement. But I go back to my earlier point about trade and manufacturing is only, let's call it, a maximum of 30% of economies. So, so you're over-egging the significance of the manufacturing side. And that what really hurts is when the labor markets turn down. And the labor stats around the world, people are still getting employed. Unemployment rates are very low. So we watch like a hawk things like the weekly today, for example, on on Thursdays, there's that sort of initial unemployment claims data, okay, which is normally quite a a good coincident indicator of of the labor market. We obviously watch, I think on Friday, we've got the uh, non-farm payrolls data out. And not only do you get the monthly number of people employed, you get the unemployment rate. And now, more importantly, you get the the sort of wage rate growth. If you're in the U.S., your salary is going up on average by about 3.1% per annum. So if that starts to go to 3.5%, 4%, well, that's going to cause trouble because central banks are going to put a brace. So we watch that. 
We're also watching what they call the average hours worked. If people are starting to work less and less hours, that would be a sign of a, of a weakening labor market. Anyway, to cut a long story short, the sort of consumer side of economies around the world are still in quite good shape. And being the bulk of the economy is services stroke. A consumer, all this talk about imminent recession is misplaced. By the same token, you are not then worried about the September Purchasing Managers Index in South Africa falling from the August reading of 45.7 down to 41.6 in September because the manufacturing economy of South Africa is not as important as the consumption portion of the the economy. Yes, however, in South Africa, the consumption part of it is also simultaneously very weak. So there I, I do worry about the whole economy in South Africa because, because people are – the confidence levels are so, – I've never seen them this low. Business is – we need a lot more policy certainty. And business confidence is incredibly low. And consumer confidence is, is very low. So I, I still you know, hold the view that we're going to see a grinding, tepid improvement, but an improvement – in the SA economy over the next year and two two years. Why? Because people's balance sheets are not that weak, actually. Corporate balance sheets are not that weak. They can spend. They just don't want to spend because they just feel so bleak about the outlook for this country. And I think that in time, we will start to see progressively more of the right policy movements. I mean, we have already seen action you know, on SARS, for example, on NPA. Now, yes, we we will see some high-profile charges getting laid in the next 12 months. It's highly likely that's going to happen. We've already seen this the PIC uh, get a very good new boss. So, so I think we will see more slow incremental policy improvements in this country, which at the margin people will start to feel, what I say, less bad. They won't feel brilliant. But right now they feel suicidal in this country and they'll feel less bad and as they will slowly start to sort of spend a bit more and, and feel a bit better. Confidence will improve slowly in this country. I really hope so because when I see the PMI data that I referenced earlier on, I see a lost decade because it's at the same level when the world was in the Great Recession of 2000. Well, I think it started in 2006. But anyway, mm. the people talk about 2008, 2009. We've lost a decade. We've gone absolutely nowhere. Correct. And Correct. I also believe that politicians are anonymous in fact, conspicuous by their anonymity mm. and something mm-hmm. should be going on. But you are the but co-head it, it of... It will happen. It yeah. will happen. I'm telling you that there's no doubt that the world is with you or South Africans are with you, that there's a real anger building up in this country towards, for example, Sir Ramaphosa just said, you know, where are you? We voted for you yes. and you've got, you've got this mandate now and yet you're anonymous. They know this. They're aware of this backlash that's building up. And and that's why I feel quite confident that, you know, he's not going to come out guns blazing, all sorts of things, but there are going to be slow incremental moves in the right direction. You are the co-head of SA Equity and Multi-Asset. Are you accumulating at these low levels? Because people are saying that we are seeing bargains here yeah. in the equity market yeah. and yeah. also as a, at other asset classes. Are you accumulating? Yeah. So, no, I'm not accumulating because I've got them already, unfortunately. So I'm a, I'm a stale bull. Mm. 
So I've taken pain for my clients. I've been early on this view. So I guess you shouldn't trust a word I say in this regard. But the bad news is that I had them all the way down. The good news is that I've still got them because it's quite hard to buy SA Inc. shares. I mean, as you know, a hell of a lot of our stock market has got absolutely nothing to do with the South African economy. But the bits that have got to do with the South African economy, they're not the most liquid shares in the business. So if I'm right that confidence improves and people, you know, some of these shares in the retail sector are are really not very expensive right now. They're on sort of five and a half, six percent dividend yields. If there's a rush for those, if it dawns on everybody simultaneously that maybe we should get some of that in our portfolio, I think it's a very narrow door to try and get through. And so I think the upside risk or opportunity in the SA shares versus how much further they can fall if we just bumble along with no improvement is a good trade. It's a good risk-reward trade. Very good. Chris, thank you so much for your insight. That's Chris Freund. And Chris is the co-head of SA Equity and Multi-Asset at Investec Asset Management in Cape Town.